You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So we have the amazing drama podcast brothers, Connor and Dylan McDowell. Their show is so amazing. And I'm so, so, so excited to sit down with them today for a gag worthy episode. Drama. Drama. How are you guys? We're so good. Thank you for having us. Yes, I'm so excited. And as we said before, excited to chat with a fellow redhead. Mm -hmm. It really is. It's a rare occurrence. So nice to hang with you, Mason. It is. It's nice to meet you guys. Um, So I wanted to chat with you guys not only to um, talk about boosting my podcast, but also to create a sort of roadmap slash tutorial slash informational episode about creating a podcast centered around theater that I was looking for when I started my show. so before we get into that, can you both tell me how you got to where you are in the industry? Absolutely. I'll go first. because I feel like I kind of got, I was ahead of Connor for a while. And then he kind of, we, we were like in a race and then he was the tortoise. I was the hare and now he's won the race, but. <laughs> oh my God. I, um, so obviously we're twin brothers, always have loved theater and whatnot, but we went to college for more general degrees. I went to college for English and writing primarily with a theater focus And Connor went to school for strategic communications, so sort of more PR type focused. And out of college, I immediately interned at Feinstein's 54 Below in the programming department. And then from there, I was still trying to figure out what my niche was. And while I was there, they didn't have a marketing intern. So I found myself constantly proofreading and using the writing skills that I had, you know, really honed in college. And then they also would trust me to write like the blurbs for a lot of the shows that are on the website. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm finally like contributing to this great big world. Like people are going to read these all over the place. And I was remembered fondly after my time ended. And then I ended up coming back full time, this time in the marketing department. And I was there for three years. And it was there that I learned how to interview because I would have to interview some of the performers at 54 during our press events. I learned how to just communicate with agents, managers, high-profile talent. And I just forged great friendships and relationships with people who I'd been listening to on cast albums. I think about, you know, within my first week, George Salazar added me on Facebook because we were emailing. Or Jay Johnson, who I'd had a crush on when I was like 12 years old, now was like following me on Twitter. It was the crazy stuff like that. And we became more than just like working together there's like there's lines cross in theater where you're you do things for each other because you're friends but also because you genuinely want to help your it's like that spirit of putting on a show It, it translates to everything and so I was in that job for three years up until the pandemic 
um, struck. And then I ended up parting ways with 54 after working remotely with them for about a year and then decided to start my own social media consulting business, which is now what I'm doing. I work remotely from Columbus. I'm not in New York right now, but I am still doing work with theater clients and obviously working on the podcast. And it was with all of those sort of just, you know, using the skills and things that I love to do that were able to really help get me in the door. And also with the help of Jennifer Ashley Tepper, I have to always cite her as someone who just always has believed in me and gave me, honestly gave me the gig, the, the, the internship to begin with. So that's amazing. Uh, and before I go to Connor, I just wanted to say, I love your waitress cup that you had there. <laughs> I had to point out. This is what we drink out of. Connor, stop it. Twinning. Oh my gosh. Unplanned. I thought he was talking to me. I thought he was talking. Well, I guess I knew it was me. I, I was talking to both of you. Well, I saw it from Connor, but now I'm talking to both of you. <laughs> I am gagged. Dylan. That is so silly. That is so silly. We are twins. I have seen Waitress three times, planning my fourth next year when it comes near me. Good. But I'm so excited. Oh. Which Jenna was your favorite that you got to see? <laughs> um, so my first, oh wait, no, Connor. Yes, okay, I'll make mine quick. So everything Dylan said is true. After college, basically Dylan and I both moved to the city. We were like, we knew we wanted to work in entertainment. So I ended up being lucky enough to get an internship at New York Theater Workshop down in the East Village where musicals such as Rent and um, Peter and the Starcatcher, uh, and Hadestown came from most recently. I was actually there this summer. Hadestown was having its New York debut, which was crazy. And I worked in marketing there. And then I did some more assistant stuff, interning. And I like to always tell people, like, it's really hard to find an in in the industry when you don't have a very specific interest. So what I always say is there's always like a theater job that could be like a job that's in an industry that isn't theater. Like you could do advertising for theater. You could do, um, you know, finance in theater. You could do all these different things. Um, so if you're kind of like, oh, I'm not a performer, but I still want to work in the arts in some way, just think about like what you are interested in or what you could see yourself doing outside of it and try to find your in into the industry in that way. Because I think that's really helped me. Like I studied strategic communication in college, which was like a made up degree at Ohio State. I've never heard of anybody else with that degree. But anyway, so after interning with this communications degree, I ended up interning later at the Lyric Theater in their like general management area. And then I was doing another job for them. And then finally, I got a job doing advertising at Sereno Coin, um, working in client services on, you know, clients like Wicked and Wicked on Tour and Jersey Boys and Phantom of the Opera. And I was there before the pandemic. And then luckily they brought me back to work like two months ago. So I am back there again in New York. And again, like I said a, a second ago, but, you know, I never, I always knew I wanted to work in the arts, but I never knew exactly what that would look like. And getting to use my degree and then also getting to work on the podcast and getting to talk to people who work in the arts, it's all really come together in such a cool way. And I'm so excited and it gives me hope. And I hope when I tell people about it, it can give them hope that they can find their in too, because it is hard, but you'll figure it out. Just follow your passion. That's amazing. Um, so you both mentioned um, starting your podcast, but what were the conversations behind that? And how did you guys talk to each other about creating this? 
So we were big podcast fans. I don't want to say during the inception of podcasts, but when we were in college, like 2015, 2016, there wasn't necessarily a large market for theater podcasts. So Connor and I loved pop culture podcasts and the, the biggest theater podcasts at the time were the Ensemblist and Patrick Hines's original podcast, which is called Theater People Podcast. And we loved those. We loved the idea of long form interviews. We loved the idea of casual conversations. And something that Connor and I have always prided ourselves on is the ability to connect with people. And it's obviously it's a talent that we we built up over time, a skill, I should say, that we built up over time, thanks to our parents who are just amazing, sociable, kind people. And so we just sort of inherited that. And we found that wherever we went, people would love chatting with us. And, and not only just that, but they would love to like go deep with us. And it was something that we, you know, experienced with lots of jobs in college and our experiences, but when we would ride home from seeing a show on the subway, we, we lived uptown at the time in Harlem, we would have these hilarious, funny conversations with friends who we might've seen the show with, or, you know, we, we joke like, Oh, who's going to get best featured actress in a musical? Who's going to get nominated this year? Things like that. And as every single person in America thinks, let alone worldwide, they think this should be a podcast. Like, <laughs> why don't we have a podcast? That's what everyone thinks. Okay. But in the early two thousands, it was, our group of friends should have a reality show. And now it's, we should have a podcast. But yes, Dylan, I agree. Continue. Yeah, that's what it used to be. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and not everyone should, I, I will say. <laughs> it's definitely a certain, it's definitely a certain, um, you know, it requires a lot of different skills and abilities, support, team, perseverance. And after this, so this idea might have hatched in like 20, Connor, what do you think? 17? 17. It was... Yeah, early 2017, which was a long time ago. We, our podcast didn't come out until November 4th, 2019. So there was like a whole two-year period of what do we want to call it? What do we want it to be? Will we have segments? Will we have special guests? There was a period in there where we still lived in Cleveland and we were like, much like you, Mason, we were like, well, will we do something remotely? Will we do something where we talk to only local people? Thankfully, you talk to people from all over the place. But at the time, we were like, well, what's going to make us special? But there's probably not a huge market for people in just Cleveland. So it was there was a lot of different things we had to think about. And we didn't really have a lot of help. We, ha um, we had each other, though, which was really helpful. So we've always just relied on one another to push forward. We really wanted to make sure that the product we were delivering on was going to be what we promised in the beginning and like to never stop delivering week to week. And so not only did we have the hurdles of trying to learn how to podcast and thankfully we had someone help us with like logos and editing and all this different stuff, but we also had the hurdle of not being established, you know, quote unquote, famous influencer types or having a network backing us. like. You know, I talk about it all the time, but it's very easy for a celebrity to get picked up by a network and launch their podcast and be like, hey, we're finally doing this podcast, uh, recapping this TV show we were on or recapping this or, you know, whatever. Like, but people who aren't don't have like f a huge following. It is a huge hurdle, but you have to believe that your work will speak for itself. And so that's what we have just hoped. And it's kept us going for almost two years now. And we've never missed a week of an episode. And um, I'm just really proud of it. And there were some close calls. Very close. <laughs> There's close calls coming up soon, yep. actually. <laughs> but we'll make it. We'll make it work. Yeah. Um, you were talking about how everyone wants to make a podcast. And I just wanted to put in here that I've had five different YouTube channels, three different podcasts, and this is the fourth. <laughs> 
Really? Oh my God. Have they all been theater related? No, not at all. Okay. I had a one called Munch Time where I just <laughs> ate and talked for no reason. Was it an ASMR style YouTube channel? No, I that would have been a, a good idea. <laughs> but I just sat there and ate pizza rolls and talked. Wait, that's fun. I will say, Mason, you have a very calming voice. So I could totally see why you've you've broken into this audio format. Well, thank you. It's it's no surprise to me that people want avenues to express themselves in in a way that like social media used to be that. And it still is to a degree, but now it's 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 turned into something very different. So I think people really love the opportunity to talk unfiltered, unscripted, without a character count, without having a photo attached. Like I think people like the idea of getting their thoughts and words out there. And I think that's what's appealing for guests to sometimes come on the show. They like they like that, you know, everything I just said. So yeah. It's cool. It's fun. It's 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 so popular now. Absolutely. And then in the past few weeks, I've been um looking at how to center my podcast voice and that's why I reached out to you guys to talk about that but I wanted to hear what you said about creating your podcast and finding your unique voice in the community of um, podcasting so it's it's been it's been very difficult I will say and we've we've released over 100 episodes now and sometimes I still think gosh when is this all going to be worth it when are we going to make it so to speak Um, we launched right around the same time as the Broadway Podcast Network did so that was what there was a I mean, so many podcasts came out at the same time, everyone trying to get the same guests. And so it was very difficult to stand out. But I think that where we were able to sort of th- like um, break through was just in in how in how um, we connected with the guests. And I think that it, it's really resonated because then the guests would tell their friends, oh my gosh, you should you should go on their podcast or let me connect to you. I can't tell you the number of times someone would say mid interview, you guys need to talk to my friend, so-and-so, or, you know, and it's just been really nice because I think that we're, we're normal human beings. I think that aspect of not being a celebrity has been really helpful because they see, oh, we're just going to talk normal and there's, we're not going to be under the, the label of a, of a publication like Playbill, which don't get me wrong. We absolutely love playbill.com. It's literally like one of my homepages, but if you're, you know, under that stricture, you might be more, you might be less willing to say something that might, because the theater community is very precious. Everything that's said is people are so afraid of stepping on shoot toes and whatnot. And that's not to say that we step on any toes. We're called drama, but we're not like, Ooh, let's stir up some, some drama right now. It's more so. I like, mean, I'm always down for getting the dirt done. Like, don't get me wrong. I know, <laughs> but it's like, we want to just like be, be, you know, like drama encapsulates everything that occurs in life, you know, and it's, it's just been refreshing to, I think, see people genuinely connect with us and us connect with them in such a, an unedited format. And I think in terms of finding your voice, it's something that takes time and, and practice. Like I listen back on some of those original episodes and I'm like, who is this person? They sound like me. Connor, I don't even listen back. I can't even listen back. I know. Well, they sound like me. It could be me, but it's it's something it's like anything. It takes getting comfortable and, you know, having practice. I still get nervous before every single interview. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I said, it's been almost two years and I still get nervous, but that means we care. And also the in, in terms of establishing a voice, we've tried to carry that over to our social platforms mm-hmm. and to be totally unafraid to stand up for and speak out about anything at all. And 
that's been it's been a challenge too in some ways but we always try to get content going constantly if the instagram story if there isn't something up there we got to throw something up you know if if anytime something happens in theater or pop culture that could be adjacent to a guest or anything happening toss out a tweet hop on a meme you know try try your best to like build community online but still maintaining um connect uh, what is it consistency with your brand voice and thankfully Dylan and I both run it together so and it, yeah. my, what's hilarious to me is sometimes when we'll both try to tweet like about the same thing at the same time mm-hmm. and Dylan will text and be like I deleted your tweet because mine was better or something <laughs> well that happened <laughs> like so when funny. we were live tweeting the Tonys like we both put yeah. out something about Audra McDonald at the same time and I was like <laughs> oh we'll just leave it up there like it's no big but I, I that's a big thing not to like ramble on, on this but it's establishing the voice on the podcast and then translating it to the internet like like you mentioned TikTok or Twitter or Instagram is just thankfully we've also had over a hundred guests now or something around there. And so if, if they're all working on something, so we can always, you know, get, be giving them shout outs or encouraging them. And I think that's something that's also a little bit unique about our podcast is that we're not just promoting whatever our next episode is. We're always supporting those who have built us up, whether that's, you know, if, Brittany Johnson, for example, who's the standby Glinda and Wicked, she's in the Romy and Michelle musical. So of course we're going to elevate and, and celebrate the fact that she's on there or Jackie Burns, who was Alpha Bun Wicked. We have more than just Wicked guests, I will say. She's <laughs> releasing original music. And so we're like, okay, why not? We're going to elevate this and, and put it out there because we have gained a following through that. And it's also in the, in the social commentary as well. If the Grammys are on and some musical adjacent person is performing, like, yeah, we're going to tweet about it because why not? Yeah. And Audra McDonald obviously deserves two of the same tweets. Absolutely. You're speaking <laughs> our language. Yes, Mason. Yes. Does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I think. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So what have been some of your goals with your show and what do you look forward to in the future with doing your show? Okay, this is silly, but we always say we want to keep it going as long as we're having fun. So every every time we do it, we just want to make sure it's fun for us and fun for our guests. That's one of our top goals. Yeah. We want to be the place that people come to every week and feel comforted when this new when a new episode drops. When like, oh my gosh, who do they have on this week? And even if a lot of our friends who aren't huge theater people are still excited to listen just because they always know that it's going to be an interesting conversation. That's another thing that I think we really love is I don't think there's any episodes that are like, Oh, that one was kind of a flop of an episode. Like I'm, I'm also very protective of everything we put out there. And 
even if even if the guest didn't necessarily deliver what we think is like you know spilling tea or like sharing some never before told stories we always think it's presented in a fun and silly way because of the way that connor and i are able to extract you know just joy out of everything that we do and i and i think you're allowed to be a little bit proud in that way like i don't think it comes across as braggy because in at the same time we're an independent podcast you know we're not on the broadway podcast network or on any other networks like that so it's been a hustle from the start to always you know have some sort of credibility when we're just another theater podcast out there and so i think a big goal of ours is to be someone who to be a platform where say um, who's someone that we absolutely love, say Kristen Chenoweth wants to announce some new camp. Cause you know, she's doing, she does those awesome summer camps. Maybe she'd come on drama and talk about it. Cause she knows that our audience might be someone who's interested in that. I don't know. Stuff, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, we have so many goals and dreams. I don't know if I want you to, I, I don't know if I want to bore you, I know. <laughs> you know, there, there's so many, but I hope that answers that for this. Point. Yeah, it does. Um, so audience engagement, when I was researching how to start my podcast, was the grayest area that I've ever seen on the internet. Mm. Um, so I wanted to get into that with you guys and see what you could pass on to the theater podcast making world. I don't know if that just made sense. Um, it did. And being relevant to the theater world. What tips can you give mm. on that? Ooh. Well, the worst thing in the world is, is that it's just you don't really know who's listening or who, or how many people are listening. Like, yes, you get like, there's those different tracking sites and whatnot that'll be like, oh, there was this many downloads this week, but how many people actually listened of those downloads and for how long and whatnot? Do you find that you have that same struggle, Mason? Yeah, um, I look at the numbers sometimes and I'm like, okay, but is this me just reloading my browser every five seconds or are there actually people there? It's so crazy. And there's times too, where like, especially like early on, we were still trying to learn it. I'd think, wait, there's no way that only this many people listened. Like, I swear to God that this person told me they listened to and this person too. And like all the, or like, you know, like Spotify numbers versus Apple numbers and whatnot. Um, it is just faking it till you make it in, in our way, like acting like every episode is a huge hit and everything's going well. And <laughs> I think that that's been um, something too, because sorry, can you, can you delete everything that I just said? Or can you like, yeah, not Dylan, you sounded great. It's it's so true. I'm okay. Okay, I I don't want to sound term, silly. <laughs> you don't sound silly. The topic is audience engagement, Dylan. So basically, what you're trying to get at is it's it in the beginning, especially it's hard to know who your listeners are, and it's hard to know if people are listening. How are they finding you? And it is really challenging. But we have so many little tricks and things we do to try to get new listeners. But I would say, in terms of getting started, since our show is interview based. We would hope that the guests that we had on would bring in new listeners by sharing to their Instagram followers or Twitter followers. Um, well, those are the only two platforms we ask them to share on. So I guess that's it. But sometimes I think they've shared on Facebook too. Yeah. Didn't, and someone put us on their website. Remember that? Yeah. Um, but wait, I lost my train of thought. Now no, no, no. Too. What you're saying is, is like getting guests <laughs> that will bring in their listeners and hopefully deliver on a good product. So like, yes. Yes, early on would we be like, okay, we need to get someone like Andrew Barth Feldman, who we know is amazing. We know has so many followers that hopefully when he shares, we'll get new followers. And to this day, his episode is one of our most listened to. Um, honestly, all of the Evans but, <laughs> and Evan Hansen. 
all the Evans mm-hmm. facts. But also, we have episodes where, you know, if you go on that star's Instagram page, maybe they're not even verified, or maybe they have less than 3,000 followers, whatever. You know what I mean? So we're not just taking guests on so we can get new followers. We're talking to people we want to talk to, you know? And, and to say out, to build on that, Connor, like, we, yeah, we have who we want on. And sometimes it's the people who aren't the mega Tony nominee, Tony winning stars who bring in the most listens. Like we have friends who like, for example, our friend, Ben Moss, who he's a music director. He's a, a songwriter. He's a singer. He was in the national tour of spring awakening. And then he's done like conducting on Broadway for like head over heels and stuff like that. Anomaly. He was one of our, yeah. Anomaly. He was one of our most successful episodes because I think he is so beloved in his circles that all of his friends were like, oh my God, our friend Ben is on a podcast. Like, let's listen, you know? And so I think that, that it's, it's finding people who have good stories to tell and who have, who will bring around, bring the party with them. And to that point, in terms of audience engagement, you know, in terms of finding listeners and finding people on social media to interact with you, we ignored the social media part for the first nine months. We were like, okay, we hope our guests will bring in new listeners and followers. And then we got to a point where we realized, oh, our follower count isn't matching up with our listener count or what's real, what's not real, what actually matters to the outside world. So we started to really build on brand development and engagement on our social media accounts, which I talked about earlier about how we And thankfully, it was during the pandemic when we were not working. So we were able to really devote time to this. Yeah. And I said this before, so it's not like I I shouldn't be saying this, but we had someone who at the time was a very beloved um, Broadway star, and they told us they would not do our show because uh, we they only are focusing on platforms that are big and that can give them a lot of audience reach. And we were so hurt. We were like, oh my gosh, well, how do they know how many listeners we have? And how do they know that we're not worth their time? And we would have been worth their time, let me tell you, but- Trust. <laughs> it, it was a moment where we realized, okay, so it does matter to other people what, you know, how many followers we have or what's going on here. So we, um, we started following other theater podcasts and we started commenting on their posts and listening to their stuff or tweeting at them or you know tr- getting into theater twitter and trying to talk to different people online and because Dylan and I are firm believers that there is room for everybody at the table and that everybody brings a different dish to the potluck because i mean we do talk about how everyone thinks they deserve a podcast and whatnot and 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 they do because everyone gets the, is allowed to use their voice so why not just welcome them all into the party so we love being supportive gassing other people up, you know, doing the damn thing and building relationships because that's what life's all about. It's about connection. And that's what podcasting is at the end of the day, right? Yeah, it is. You're just trying to make connections with other people and have great conversations, t- maybe tell stories. But yeah, I, th- I don't think that answered your question, but we said a lot of things. You did. <laughs> um, and I remember last year when you guys followed me, I flipped out because I had listened to you guys <laughs> for so long before that. And then you guys followed me and I was like, what is this? Why <laughs> is this like a fake account? I don't know what this means. But it was the, it was for that. No, we were seeking out we were seeking out other theater podcasts. Be like, oh, let's be friends with everybody out there. And and you're thankfully very nice and wanted to be friends too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and here we are. Here we are at long last. Um. So I was listening to one of your episodes before I hopped on here, and I remembered that you guys had your Patreon for your show. Yes. And um. I wanted to ask how that works for you guys and how um, did you attack creating different content that might be interesting to people to subscribe there? 
Um, what I will say is I think we, we, we launched it a little soon. Um, <laughs> I think that you really want to make sure like, it's, it's almost like you want to make sure you're really focusing on the main product before you deliver like the spinoff in such a way. And so we do, we released the Patreon about a year, just under a year, this time a year ago. So like about a year in, and I think that we were ambitious about it. We had maybe 10 patrons for a really long time because we didn't really know what we were doing with it. It was largely inspired by during the early pandemic, we, 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 we always had done our interviews in person. And when the pandemic hit, we were, were back in Cleveland, Ohio. And we were like, well, we don't want to do anything virtual. Like that just doesn't feel organic. And now here we are and it feels completely organic and we're able to meet people like you. And it's like, oh, we know each other. Um, and so we did just, just the two of us for six episodes. And we found that we had a really devoted listenership who still wanted to listen to the podcast, even without a fancy guest, like, I don't know, Lily Cooper or Matt Doyle. And so we thought, okay, well, what we're going to offer to anyone who wants to pay $5 a month is those just us conversations, maybe a little bit more unfiltered than normal for those who are willing to support the podcast in other ways. And it's gone very well. It's the only way that we make money now. We have thir- about 30 patrons at this point. Um, and so in a year's time, you know, going from 10 to 30, I think is pretty good. Yeah. We definitely are always trying to find ways to, you know, keep it interesting and keep everyone to renew from month to month. So sometimes if the guest gives us permission, we'll post the video from our chat on there. We do have an Instagram close friends where we'll share fun things in there. It's mostly just like memes and jokes and like funny commentary. It's nothing like, we never would want to put something out there into the world that's negative, especially in our community. Connor and I are never haters. Even if you listen to some episodes, like we're never going to say, oh, this show was bad because Connor and I don't really subscribe to that mentality. But I also think, and Mason, you're probably similar, being from the Midwest, we we have a, we have open hearts to a lot of things. And um the Patreon sometimes has special guests. Um, it sometimes has, um, we'll like watch like an old Tony's ceremony and do things like that. So it's, uh, it's great. It's, and I will say it's, it's even people, it's like a lot of our close friends and family on there, but it's also people who we've never met who just yeah. support <laughs> and, and enjoy what we're putting out there. Yeah. Um, did you have anything to add to that, Connor? No, Dylan said it perfectly. I, Dylan, I always say like, when we're doing the main episode, we call it the main feed episode. Like um, the ma- the Wednesday episode is like more so about the guest. It's obviously a conversation, but the Patreon is just it's it's just us. You know, it's our it's for us. So it's um it's like if you if you loved us on on um the main show, check us out in the after show because it'll be even more fun. Well, we're just as fun. Worth your money. Mm-hmm. To round it out, um. I've asked this in all my other interviews at this point. Um, do you guys think that education or experience has been more influential to get you where you are now? Mm. That's tough. Um, hmm. I know what I'm supposed to say. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, for where I'm at now in my career, I would say it has been experience that's taken me everywhere I've gone, but I would never trade my education for anything. So it's a, t- it's a tough it's a tough answer. Be- yeah, it's tough. But I would say experience. I, w- I would right agree now. wholeheartedly. Yeah. 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 And you're not supposed to say education. I've had a lot of people say a mix of both, but experience leaning a lot. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I definitely agree. I, I'm, I'm very, we went to Ohio State in Columbus, Ohio. And so we have liberal, liberal arts degrees, which I'm very thankful for. But there are so many things that I didn't learn in college that I need to use now, like th- simple things like um, how to order flowers online or how to dry cl- go to get dry cleaning done or um, things, especially things with finances and stuff like that. How to use Excel. How to use Excel and stuff like that we have to do for the podcast all the time especially this social media stuff, which now is my expertise, but I didn't take a course on social media in college. It was through having a personal Twitter account and then being trusted with 54 Below's Twitter account for three years that I learned how to do anything, you know? So I think you definitely learn from your experiences. So how's that? <laughs> yeah. Um, and this question, this next question that I usually end with um, used to be what have you been doing during quarantine but on a more positive note this season what was your first show back what was your first broadway show back oh my gosh we got to go to see the invited dress rehearsal of wicked so that was so freaking fun and it was like the perfect reintroduction to broadway because it was one of the shows that got us into theater in the first place so it was just i didn't cry dylan i don't know did you cry i always get choked up during one short day Oh, I know me too, yeah. but it was, um, it was, it was perfect. It was so great. Yeah. Wicked was the first show we saw, but the first show we bought tickets to see because long before we knew we'd be going to the Wicked Dress was to see Moulin Rouge. And that, that is like literally my favorite show running on Broadway right now. I think it has the best production numbers and Aaron Tveit is everything to me. So I think <laughs> that it was just, it's absolutely amazing. And I think everyone should try and go see it. Enter the lottery. You never know what'll happen. Oh, and we saw Passover. Mm-hmm. How was but that? Anyway. I've heard amazing things about that. It was phenomenal. It was great. It was so good. Loved it. Didn't know what to expect. Hard to explain. Hard to explain. Yeah. yeah. But very, very good. I wish I could have gotten to New York to see all three of those. Yeah. Um, but I, I want to see Wicked on Broadway. I saw the tour, but... Um, I didn't see it on Broadway yet. I haven't seen it on Broadway you yet. Will. You will. When I went to New York in 2016, I saw Lion King, and oh, that was amazing. I, I want to see it in New York. I feel like that's, like, where it, be- it was lives, amazing. you know? And we got in the orchestra somehow. I have no clue how. And the elephant, like, walked right next to my face. <laughs> and I was, I was like, do I reach out and touch it? Do I reach out and touch it? <laughs> What's your favorite show, Mason? The one that I've been a, the biggest fan for for a long time is waitress that's why i point out the cups at the beginning but other than that dear evan hansen i know that it's a little bit of a problematic (laughs) answer that's okay okay. but it was amazing when i saw it did you see it on tour yeah i saw stephen christopher anthony as evan love his voice i know i want to see him as evan is he is he still on the tour I think he's leading it now. He was the um, standby for Ben Levi Ross. Mm -hmm. And I saw him and it was iconic. Yeah, he's so good. I know what you mean about people saying it's problematic. I think it definitely works way better on stage than it did on film. Because when you're watching the show on stage, it's like you're you're suspending your disbelief about the story. But the movie, I don't know if it really worked in some ways because it I think it was supposed to feel realistic, but the plot is cockamamie. So it just, I don't know. It was crazy. But yeah, I'll never forget seeing that show for the first time and being so moved by the music. The lump in my throat when the the first chords of Waving Through a Window started. Never had heard the song before. It was it was a moment that I'll never forget. And you know that it's going to be great. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, the Pask and Paul, they know how to write a tune. 
Yeah. So I wrote I wrote on Twitter one time. Um, when I right after I saw it, I was like, okay, it's like Ben Platt thought he was doing a pro shot. Yeah. And like acting for the stage, but mm-hmm. on screen. So I think that's what really made the yes feel that way. <laughs> I have the exact same opinion as you. That is exactly what I thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, is there anything else you guys want to add to wrap up this episode? I think that the most important thing is if you're, if you're, cause this is like a tutorial for podcasting as well. Right. I think that if you have an idea and you want to do it, just go for it. You never know what will happen. You know, like Mason, you might have three or four projects before one finally sticks and like, you can't give up. I mean, there were times in the beginning where we're like, no one's listening or it seemed like, why do people not comment on our Instagram or things like that? And we just have always believed that when our moment comes, it'll come. And I don't think it's fully come yet. Like I definitely think that we still have a lot of room to grow and places to go, but it has been the most fun journey of a lifetime. And I love the product that we put out there and just don't give up because if you believe in it, other people will believe in it too. Yes. And don't waste two and a half years thinking you want to try it. Just try it. Like Mm -hmm. we did, you know, we said we started in like 2017 and then finally in 2019. So just go for it. It's supposed to be fun. And your goals are your goals, so and no one needs to know them. Yeah, and just a quick plug, you can check out their show, Drama, anywhere you get podcasts and support their Patreon at patreon.com backslash the drama podcast. Thank you guys so much for being here. Oh, thank thank you, you, Mason. Mason. You're amazing. You guys are amazing. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor, and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.